If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. I'm programming some artificial intelligence one night and I looked over at Artie and I'm like, well, yeah, I probably could use him and we could just do a reverse trick or treating. I like to say robot Santa Claus. Austin-based robot creator Luke Keys loves Halloween almost as much as he loves making robots. When the problem presented itself this year of how to celebrate Halloween at a correct social distance, Luke wondered for a minute and then came up with a solution. Artie the robot. Artie is one of a number of robots Luke has created in his spare time. Artie is no stranger to interaction. He's appeared in the past at Maker Fairs, a ribbon cutting, and at libraries and special events. Artie's activities have even included participating in a 5K, for which Luke submitted him to the Guinness Book of World Records as first robot to complete the race course. On Halloween, Luke's going to have a job for him as well, distributing candy to the trick-or-treaters. Luke, before we get to talking about Artie and your Halloween plans, how did robots first capture your imagination as something in which you really wanted to work? So I, I was born in the 80s. I was an 80s kid. And then the 80s, robots were everywhere. Every sci-fi movie had a robot, space camp, short circuit, black hole, all of them. Star Wars, big fan of Star Wars. My name's Luke. I, couldn't, I was born in the 80s. I couldn't escape <laughs> Star Wars. And then there was one particular movie, and I'll be really quick about it, but it's a very lesser-known movie called And You Thought Your Parents Were Weird. And in that movie, these kids build a robot in their garage called Newman, and they build it out of a bunch of parts, like a shop vac and stuff like that. And that, all the other movies that fascinated me, like Short Circuit, were built by adults and corporations and kind of like always beyond my reach. And this movie, was the robot was built by kids. And so that stuck with me and always kind of planted that seed of, hey, I could build a robot. And ever since then, I would take my toys apart. My parents ever got me a toy with a motor in it. I'd take it apart and it gets so frustrated. And I'd be like, I'm building robot. And that, yeah, ever since I was a little kid, I just always wanted to build a robot. And fast forward to today with Artie the robot and Halloween plans and a bunch of other robots I was seeing on your YouTube channel. How did you first come to Creed? Artie, I thought he was relatively recent, but your Facebook page says 2013. Yeah, yeah. I've been working on Artie for about eight years. I was a part of this group here in Austin, Texas called the Robot Group. And the Robot Group, it's a little bit misnamed. It's from a ways back. It's, I think, started in 1989. And there was a computer group, and there was a group of people who were kind of just building stuff with motors and whatnot. And so they were like, well, what do we call your group? And they're like, the robot group. So I joined the robot group, and I noticed a lack of building of actual robots. So I was like, let's do a project together, and let's build a big robot. Because we were starting to have many fairs, and, and South by Southwest mm-hmm. was having, they had something called Create, which was kind of like South by Southwest version of the Maker Fair. And so we were exhibiting, but we were tend to exhibit things like, spin art machines and ping pong printers and stuff like that. Stuff that's robotic, but not necessarily robot. 
So I wanted to say, hey, let's let's make a robot. And I came up with the name Artie first because I was like, it's an art project and it's going to be six feet tall and human size and we drive it around. And the collaboration part kind of fizzled and I ended up kind of building him on my own. And he's gone through a bunch of iterations. He started as a PVC pipe and power wheels, the, the kids ride on. I got one from Craigslist for like 25 bucks and I tore it apart. And I just figured out how to all wire it together to make a human-sized robot. And I just been iterating year after year after year. Parts either I acquire, buy, donate it to me, et cetera. Because I'm always bringing them out and showing them off and always trying to show particularly kids, adults too, but particularly kids, you can build that robot. You can build a robot. And I want that kind of idea that they can do it, to carry with them through adulthood, kind of doing what that movie that I watched kind of did for me, which is gave me the, realize that the, there's not as high of a barrier of entry as you might think. When the kids are inspired as you were, what are the first steps? Suppose some parents are home right now and yeah, their kids want to build a robot. Where do they go? What do they do? Well, I first started with Lego Mindstorms. That's where I first started with. In college, I it came out and I got a set and I was working with that. And then when I first kind of was left college and started beginning my career, I put it aside. And then after a while, I kind of picked it back up. So I started Lego Mindstorms and Lego Mindstorms, I think, are a great entry because the Legos and they fit together. And the programming language, it's looks like putting Legos together. I've been a professional software engineer for about 15 years now. And I have to say that I feel that programming languages like the Mindstorms language or like Scratch, this visual programming language are actually, they're great. They're a great way to learn. And then other than that, there's a bunch of kits out there. There's a lot of kits. There's Arduinos, Raspberry Pi. The barrier of entry of getting into something like robotics and maybe not even conventional robot, but something robotic like interactive jewelry or something like that is really low right now, both in cost and the ability to go out and say, hey, I want to make this. Does someone make something like it? And finding that and kind of just replicating what they did and learning through doing. Luke also offered an additional resource. The amount of people who build robots in their spare time are small but they are very enthusiastic and so i would seek them out there might be one in your city there might be a robotics club in your city so or a nearby town and go ahead and look for those people because like myself they're usually very eager to help coming back to artie i have to know did he make the guinness book of world records so he didn't make a guinness book of world records because you can't win a record by being the first because that can never be beaten you have to win a record that can be beaten so hopefully once the pandemic kind of settled down and things kind of get back to normal and events like 5ks happen again i'm going to apply again and what we'll say is he'll be the fastest robot to run a 5k because if you are the only you are by default the fastest got it during the pandemic, though, he's doing something exciting. How did you come to decide to have Artie deliver Halloween candy this Halloween? So it ties into the 5K. So I know that, one, he's, he's human-sized. 
so he can hopefully be up to the task. And also, I've had him run a 5K, so I know that he can go quite a distance. And so we, my wife and I, we love Halloween. And every year we host a haunted science garage. Some of my friends and I, you know, we build these little inventions throughout the year or I get things like plasma balls. And one person, he made a keyboard that plays itself. And, and we just fill up my garage of all this stuff. And the kids kind of come through and we've got some stuff like ghosts and jumping spiders and whatnot. And they'll get candy at the end. And it's grown bigger and bigger throughout the years to the point that last year we had probably had about a hundred people and in big groups of 20. And I decided, well, that's not a good idea this year. That's just not responsible, not safe. What can we do? And I was kind of heartbroken because I really do want to, I do love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. So I was coming up with ideas of just some videos of kind of giving some levity to the situation. So I made the video with the candy cannon where it's an air cannon, it's a confetti cannon I made for my wedding, and I rigged it to shoot candy. And then the idea was candy cannon, then a drone, and then I'm programming some artificial intelligence one night, and I look over at Artie, and I'm like, well, yeah, I probably could use him, and we could just do a reverse trick-or-treating. I like to say, robot Santa Claus. So that was kind of the idea is, well, we know we can do it, let's figure out what I can do. So yeah, that's kind of an inspiration. So once you figure that out, and Artie is going to be the robot, quote, Santa Claus, but he's actually for Halloween, what did you have to do to him? How did you have to change him so he can now deliver candy? So when I was designing him, one of the things I designed was a, a kind of a specialized chassis. And so the chassis, I'm able to remove panels because bringing him to events, I realized, you know, if you're take, going to an event like South by Southwest with a lot of adults, they kind of want to see him be really intelligent and have a lot of sensors and stuff like that. But if you're going to something like Maker Fair, where there's a lot of kids, you don't necessarily want to have these exposed sensors. And you also kind of want to have the control be very, you just want to have a lot of control. Safety is a big factor. So I made it so he's configurable. And I, so I realized like, okay, all I got to do is just build a tray and, and kind of take one of the panels and kind of make a delivery configuration. And so the idea is that I, I know people are like, well, you're touching this candy and you're putting on a tray and you're having a robot deliver it. But we're going to pre-make bags days beforehand. Try to follow the CDC guidelines of, I, believe, I guess, I believe it's three days. Make it beforehand. And then the day of, we're actually be donning masks and gloves. So everything will be done through masks and gloves. And the idea is that we take the candy and we put it on the tray and then we drive it up to the curb for the kids so that we still maintain that social distancing. And also it's a very tough time right now. And it's a tough time for kids. I mean, it's, it's a hard time for adults. So, you know, it's very confusing to kids and no matter what, whether people choose to go trick or treating door to door, whether they choose to hand out candy door to door, this year is going to be different. And so I decided, why don't we lean into that and try to make a memory try to make a good memory of, hey, remember that year when all the stuff was happening, but yet on Halloween, like a robot came and delivered us candy? So that's kind of the spirit I'm going for. It's going to be very smile-inducing, I think. Now, you've probably done some test drives. I think I've seen some video of that on your website. What were the kids' reactions when they saw Artie for the first time? Most of the kids are very 
positive. Some of the kids are a little scared. And like I said, I've been, I've been having Artie out to events like maker fairs and schools. So I've seen kind of, I've, I've seen how kids can interact with them. Most of the kids love them and some of them are a bit scared. So I actually designed a mechanism where he can raise and lower because I find that's the biggest thing is if he see if he's at his full height and towering over kids, yet kids are more scared. But if I lower them down to the kind of more where it's on their level, they become less scared. But in general, everyone's really excited about the robot. I even have, I've had him where he doesn't necessarily deliver candy, but he kind of hangs out in the front of the garage and drives around. And so neighborhood kids would be like, okay, you're going to use the robot this year. So yeah, this year we're going to, we're going to bring the candy to them. What time are you starting on Halloween and how far do you anticipate going with Artie? So we were originally going to start in the evening, like traditional trick or treat time. But with the news, the news has spread. Some of the, we have a really active neighborhood association, just an organization of neighbors that come together and we have you know, different social events. Obviously this year it has really haven't had any, but garage sales and picnics and stuff like that. So when they found out about this, they were kind of really excited and they kind of want to figure out how they can contribute. And so we're actually going to do a little parade. Still a way that we can still maintain social distancing, but maybe kind of make a bigger deal of it and still have already give out the candy. Because when I was a kid, parades, one of my favorite parts was the candy throwing. Now, this is going to be a little more controlled because we do not want to throw a bunch of candy out and have a bunch of kids come and grab it. That kind of defeats the purpose. But yeah, on the afternoon of Halloween, we're going to go, we're going to do a parade and he's going to deliver the candy. I'm actually building a second robot so we can have both sides of the street at the same time. And yeah, so that's what we're going to do. And what that does is it gives the people who choose to do traditional trick-or-treating to still kind of make that choice. This is going to be so much fun. I'm kind of envisioning Artie maybe wearing a mask or a little Dracula cape or something and his companion. Any plans to do that? Any costume, anything? Yeah, well, I'm looking for a cape. I have an Elvis cape for him that just one of my capes. I'm thinking maybe a wizard hat. We're going to try to figure out some sort of costume for him. And then, yeah, the second robot, I think the second robot, it's going to be very simple because I don't have much time to make it. And I also want to involve some of the kids in the neighborhood, some of the children in the neighborhood that, again, show them that, hey, this is how you build a robot. Just put these parts together and I'm going to try to make it so that it doesn't require a lot of tools. I'm going to make it out of PVC again. And yeah, I think we're going to use like a jack-o'-lantern you know, the candy bucket for his head. So he'll already be Halloween themed. I want to see pictures or video. This is going to be incredible. What so far has been your favorite reaction from any of the kids who have seen this? And, oh, I want to build a robot. That's basically it. I want to build a robot. How can I build a robot? And can you help me build a robot? You know, I always try to say, yeah, this is what I did. So, so yeah, I'm kind of really excited to work on this second robot with some of the kids and kind of, again, demystify the robotics. I want to make it accessible, just lead by example. In addition to Artie, you can see a number of other robots Luke has built online. A lot of my work, Artie is kind of an extension of a lot of the hobbyist work I do through an organization, a nonprofit called Bot Party. And Bot Party is, we mainly try to, how do I say this? Bot Party is understanding the intersection between robotics and theater, but more so human robot interaction 
just how do we take robots and take them out of their traditional space of all manufacturing or, you know, domestic cleaning? And how do we figure out how people interact with robots and how robots can interact with people and make art? One of the things we mainly focus on is improvisational comedy. And so we have a robot named Annabelle that I've designed programs to have her try to figure out how to play different improv games. So botparty.org is where you can find more about Bot Party. You can look up Lukey's, L-U-K-E-Y-E-S on YouTube, and you can follow all my exploits with robotics. I try to post stuff, again, to inspire people, but also to sort of kind of have a little video diary of what I've done so I can make sure that I know what I need to work on next. And speaking of which, after Halloween, what is next? So what is next is I want to make Artie a little more intelligent. So right now he's really remote controlled. He's got a few microprocessors on him, in particular Arduinos. But I want to make him a little bit more intelligent, so I'm going to put in a Raspberry Pi, and I'm working on a chatbot system. So I want him to be able to communicate with people and respond to, to sort of basic conversation. And also I have another robot that I'm working on called Frida, named after my dog, F-R-I-T-A, that is a autonomous robot, a smaller autonomous robot, because I'm trying to understand. I eventually would love Artie to be able to navigate on his own, navigate around the house and where the kitchen is. But doing that on a very big robot, big heavy robot, I, I mean, I would say Artie's at least 300 pounds at this point, is not very safe. So I try to do it very small scale and then work to a bigger scale. And finally, Luke, as we wrap up here, if people could only get one thing from you and from Artie about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you really like them to take away from your work? I would say start, just start. Everyone asks, how do I get started? Just start. Type into, go to instructables.com and say robot or Google, how do I build a robot? And just start and start small and keep going. That's how Artie started. Artie was a very simple, small robot and I'm just keep working on him and working on him. And also, I know you said one, but the second thing is, is show off your creations because it's one, it could inspire somebody else. Two, it inspires you, the feedback. And you might get a, you know, you'll get some negative among the positive feedback and you just kind of have to brush off the negative. But showing it off at Maker Faire, et cetera, and having that deadline is a constant driving force of you to continuously improve. Luke, thank you for your time today. Thank you. You and I have been listening to robot creator Luke Keyes, designer of Artie the Robot. Luke and Artie are going to make the rounds in their Austin neighborhood on Halloween, appearing in a Halloween parade, and Artie's going to be giving out candy to trick-or-treaters. You can see Artie the Robot on YouTube, along with Luke's other robotic creations, by typing in Luke Keyes. He spells that L-U-K-E-Y-E-S. In addition, check out Luke's work with nonprofit Bot Party at botparty.org. That's botparty.org. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us to Mavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at Pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. 
Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.